Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Yes, it's another Total Car Score podcast episode, this time with just little old me, Carl Brower, here to introduce a really cool interview opportunity I got with Bill Ford, the executive chairman at Ford Motor Company. He's been involved leading the company since 1999. He's seen a lot of change in the last 23 years, and he knows there's even more change coming in the next 23 years. And I got to sit down and talk with him about everything, including electric cars and Ford GTs that win Le Mans, and why he did not want to call an electric SUV a Mustang Mach-E, but he surrendered to the concept after he drove it. Uh, so you can hear all the details. We're going to run this interview that I did with him recently during Pebble Beach, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Very insightful and interesting leader in the automotive industry. I still remember one of my favorite comments that you made, Bill, years ago at the Detroit Auto Show was how you told me people were asking you why the Le Mans winning uh, new Ford GT, which is here, I guess now we'll see that tomorrow or see that on a Sunday, right. uh, was still dirty. Yeah. And you and I were talking, it's like, yeah, you don't wash off Le Mans winning dirt. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you leave that on the car. Yeah, I, I, I talked to, you know, Joey Hand all the time and, uh, you know, he's such a good dude too. Yeah. yeah I mean, all, actually all those guys are great You had guys. a great team and it's a life memory. I was there in 16 I, I with the group were. and it was, and you were back there at the uh, suite afterwards yeah. talking to us. That it was, was really fun. Yeah. That was really it fun. It was magical. You know, <laughs> watching Joey come up, I think it was like 8 a.m. when he passed the Ferrari. Uh, yes. That was, that was yeah. great. And uh, Dirk had a, ride, had a uh, segment in the middle of the night that was literally like grease lightning. I mean, he made up, you know, I think we were down almost 40 seconds. And by the time he got out of the car, we were within like six. And that's when Joey then. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. staged it for Joey. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, let's yeah, let's do the official uh, interview. I, but I this, could talk about this forever. You and I both. You yeah. and I both. I, you know, we, yes, that's that's what that's the next plan. It's just like a two-hour session that we can just talk cars. I love it. <laughs> That'd be a blast. It would. Uh, so first of all, Bill, appreciate the time. Thank you for for talking oh, to thanks, us. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like the industry is so turbulent right now. There's so much disruption. I talked to to Jim yes. about this recently, mm-hmm. and you know, said you know, there's there's so much going on. I, I, I'm curious, because I think you're going to have the best perspective on this. What do you think previous generations of Ford, Ford leadership, would think of today's automotive industry? How do you, how do you think they'd view the industry? Well, it's interesting. Um, I think my great-grandfather would have said, what took you so long? Um, but I think 
you know, some of the CEOs that I've known in my life um, would, would have been very timid um, and they would not have embraced it. And, you know, actually far too many of them that I've known over the years um, were deathly afraid of change. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and that's why, you know, what we're doing now and what, you know, with Jim Farley, um, it's, it's the most fun time in my career uh, okay. because uh, Jim is, um, he and I think so much alike. We can speak in shorthand. Um, he's very brave, very bold. Um, and, you know, we're going for it. I mean, mm -hmm. in a way that we haven't ever done in my working lifetime because, um, you know, winning and losing, as you know, was always, you know, a, a tenth of a point of market share in a year or, you know, and that was what kind of separated a good year from a bad year. Mm -hmm. Or if you, you know, and if your margins went up a little bit and, you know, but now we have a chance to, they're going to be real winners and real losers. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we have a chance to be a real winner, which will, if, if we get there, and I think we're off to a really great start, um, you know, we, we'll look very different as a company. Um, and a lot of our traditional competitors won't be there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's almost too late to start for them because by the time they get Gen 1 out the door, we'll be on Gen 2 and Gen 3. Mm -hmm. um, and also, the kind of talent that Jim has brought in, uh, particularly software talent, there just isn't that much of it out there. So if you, if you get them, and get them early, you've got a huge leg up. So I'm so excited, as you can tell. I, I love where we are. Um, but it's interesting. It's not just our EVs. The Lightning and the Mach-E, yeah, th those are doing amazingly well, and I wish we could make you know many more times than we can. Mm -hmm. But it's also Bronco, and now we got a new Mustang coming, and people are really jacked about those, too. Mm -hmm. So our entire lineup, whether it's internal combustion or EVs, are, I think, really the best that I've ever seen. Well, and, and Lincoln too, right? I feel like Lincoln's oh, yeah. got so much going on and the, and the transformation of that brand over the last five, seven years is amazing. Yeah, and it's something, Carl, that when, when the team first came and said they wanted to build something around quiet flight, I said, that makes no sense to me. I said, first of all, flights aren't quiet. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, anytime I've been on an airplane, it couldn't be anything but no more noisy and, and usually not very comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but, they were right in that they created a space in the in the marketplace that really didn't exist because, you know, most of the other uh, luxury brands were basically dressed up sports cars, mm -hmm. um, and and some of them were. I mean, by the way, I don't denigrate that. Some some of them are amazing vehicles, mm -hmm. but um, Lincoln couldn't. It was they were too late to go there, and it would have gone against their entire her heritage too. Mm -hmm. So um, Lincoln, we, we had to find a place for Lincoln that was unique, mm -hmm. both here and in China, and they've, they've done it. And in particular, the interiors. I mean, it's interesting, when people think of automotive design, it's almost always the exterior right. where they go. And it's important the exterior looks wonderful. Um, and this was something that you know, my father cared deeply about. But, um, but he, he spent more time on the interior of the vehicle. And that's something I think as an industry, and certainly as a company, we'd kind of lost the plot on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I love the Lincoln interiors today. Yeah. I think they're wonderful. When I drove the redesigned uh, Navigator, the most recent redesign a few years ago, that's, that's when it was clear to me. It's like, okay, 
these guys aren't messing around anymore. Yeah, and you know, and it's not for everybody, and and that's fine. Lincoln shouldn't be for everybody. Right. Um, and if you you know if you want to drive a Porsche, you know, that's wonderful. Uh, God bless you. Mm -hmm. But um, there are a lot of people who just want to get in their vehicle, not have any stress, uh, and have a wonderful driving experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what they'll get in Lincoln. Yeah. Again, lots of changes in the industry. Bill, what do you consider the most and or least exciting change in the past 20 years? Well, I do think electrification is the most exciting change and it's the biggest change. And I think it lends itself from everything from a fast sports car to a heavy duty work truck to a Lincoln. Um, and so, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. I think even three years ago, five years ago, people were, you think about electrification, it seemed to be a very distinct niche in the market that wasn't clear that it could expand to everything. Well, I think we've shown with Mach-E and with uh, Lightning, and now with Lincoln, yes, it can expand to everything. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, that's the most exciting change. Uh, one of the changes that comes with it is just something that it's incredibly important, but but I feel left behind, which is software. Because I'm not a software guy. Mm -hmm. um, I understand the importance of it, I understand what it can do for the vehicle, I can understand what it can do for the customer. So we have to be a leader there. It's just my own upbringing, you know, I've been a mechanical guy for my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, and I could sit and talk engines and transmissions and, you know, uh, suspensions and do, you know, all that all day. Mm -hmm. But when I, when I think about this, this move to software, I, I kind of have to get quiet and just listen um, because I have to learn it uh, from scratch. I'm, I'm willing to, but to me, that's the biggest, uh, I don't want to say negative change because it'll be a very positive change for the customer and for the vehicle. It's just I'm a way out of my it's the biggest way difference. out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, they talk about you know instead of using screwdrivers, you use laptops to tune the car now. You right. Know, but that this is just on a whole nother level now, though, because everything in the car, not just the fuel injection everything. system, is a computer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why it's exciting. Like you said, you and Jim are talking about the exciting people you've gotten on board because that's so critical. Uh, if you could go back, this kind of a similar question. If you could go back 20 years, but you had the knowledge you had now. I'm sure any any leader would love that opportunity. What would what do you think would be the single biggest change you'd make? What's the biggest difference you, thing you'd do differently? Well, so it, it's interesting. Um, I started uh, twelve years ago a venture capital uh, company because I knew our our industry was going to change dramatically, and I knew everyone was asleep. Uh, and you know, and I gave a TED talk in two thousand eleven um, about the changes that were coming. And I was absolutely ridiculed in our industry for that talk. Virtually all of it's come to pass. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I feel like if I could go back, it would be to wake people up um, to, the, and, and to the immense change that was coming. Because, um, you know, I was on the board at the time of, of eBay, which was in Silicon Valley, and I was going out and I saw uh, Tesla in its early, early days. Uh, and interestingly, uh, people think uh, Elon was the founder. He wasn't. Uh, there was a guy named Martin Eberhard who was there as the CEO at the time. And I went out there and I saw this um, Lotus sports car that had terrible fit and finish, shake, rattled, and rolled, you know, but boy, was it fun. Uh, and also, it was so different. And I came back to Detroit 
and I could get nobody even remotely interested in going out there to visit. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I realized, my goodness, we're an insular company in an insular industry, and all this, wor this world around us is going to change. Uh, it wasn't just that one time, um, because every time I went out to Silicon Valley, which was every month, I would ask um, others on the board that were all f from Silicon Valley, some of the leading venture capitalists, to take me to show me interesting things that potentially could be applicable to the auto industry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would come back so energized and then just, you know, people would look at me like I was from another planet. Right. And so if, if I could change anything, it, it, it's nothing about the car itself. It's nothing about the way we build it or anything else. It was, it's the mindset that existed uh, in our company and in our industry. You'd be even more aggressive about wanting to push Oh, people. you bet. Yeah. You bet. It's an alternate reality, Bill. You're not born into a, a major car family on the planet. What are you doing? What's your interest? Well, I cared deeply my entire career about the environment. And that was born of two things. One was a very general, I love the outdoors. And so I spend all the time I can hiking, mountain biking, fly fishing. I just love to be outdoors and being active. Um, and that was something that uh, was true from a very young age. But something struck me when I got to college, a uh, couple, couple things. One is I'd go back to some places that I had once been and there was a strip mall. And that really bothered me. Uh, some beautiful place that was all of a sudden not beautiful. In addition, I started you know, reading a lot of environmental writers when I was in college, Edward Abbey, Rachel Carson, some of the, the really influential ones. And it occurred to me that our industry uh, was headed for a train wreck if we didn't get on the right side of this. Um, but I was a lone voice and I was a young, young person and you know, I, I, nobody was listening to me. And uh, in fact, when I joined the board, again as a, quite a young man, um, I was told to stop all um, interactions with any environmentalists because they were all crazy. Uh, and I said, no, I have no intention of stopping it. In fact, somebody's got to build the bridges. But there was another point to it too which was I felt that if we ever became like t the tobacco industry where we had to apologize to our family and our friends for working there, we would never attract the best and the brightest. And only, any, any company is only as good as its people. So, um, so to me, it was an issue that I felt personally very strongly about, but I also felt it was something that if our industry and, and our company didn't get on the right side of that equation, that we were going to potentially um, have a future of fighting forever with governments, regulators, uh, and universities wouldn't, we wouldn't be attracting the, the best out of the universities that we needed to catapult us into the future. So, you know, what would I have done? I mean, I guess I would have done something outdoor and environment related. Um, and I've done some of that. You know, I. Uh, I, I bought a fly rod company that I still have today, um, and I live vicariously through the people that are running it because they have, I don't have the time to do what they do, but it's, it's, I love checking in with them. You know, I, 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 um, uh, and, you know, and then there are times where I thought about starting my own environmental foundation, but then I realized, no, if I can actually change Ford, I'll have a much bigger impact than anything I could do outside of Ford. Um, so... You know, to me, that was something that was important when I was in my 20s, and now that I'm well into my 60s, it's still important. But, but what's so cool now is 
the trophy is in sight. Um, you know, we're going to be a carbon neutral company. We just announced, you know, last week we've got this, uh, the largest uh, purchase of renewables of ever done uh, to, to help us on that. You know, the, our, our new site in Tennessee is going to be um, the most environmentally sensitive site ever built. Um, we're going to do on-site recycling for the batteries. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, and it's no longer something off to the side. It's now part of our core business. Um, and obviously the, the biggest piece of that is the EV push. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm so excited that all the things that I cared deeply about for 40 years, but often were just out of reach, are now here. Sometimes things happen for a reason, Bill. No, they do. Sometimes uh, the journey is, uh, is, is, is hard to see until you're at the destination. No, I agree. And I, I you know, as I said, I kind of wish I was 30, not 65, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 love the, I love where we're headed, and I think it's just going to be so much fun. Well, this, is, uh, this has been a fun talk, and um, appreciate you, again, taking the time and learning more about you and the company. No, thank you, Carl. This is great. I'd love to do more of this. Um, and, you know, you're a true car guy, which I also love. Um, I mean, you know. I've been very fortunate. You guys have treated me very well. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. <laughs> a lot of, you know this, a lot of the people that cover our industry, they don't know car, they don't care. Mm -hmm. um, we've got t two types now, um, and this is true of the analysts as well. So you have um, a lot of software and tech people coming into our space for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And that's great, but they don't, the car to them is almost not important. Right. Um, you, you've got other, you know, a lot of new people coming in um, that don't have any of the history and don't know um, the history of our company, the vehicles themselves. The industry. The, yeah, any of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, 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 I'm always reminded by that when I'm, you know, doing a scrum or something. I'm looking around thinking like, okay, which one of you actually gets it um, and, uh, and and but you do because you know you love cars you love the industry you've, you've been around a while you know and you and you can't change the passage of time you can't change no. the, the, the circling of the globe and so if you you know it's evolve or die and so yeah no it's it's but I this is such a fun fun time I it's it's cool because you know the one thing that I was and you've heard me say this you know the 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 Mach-E I did not want that to be called Mustang because to me, you know, Mustang was... He's a huge Mustang. Our, my, 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 our camera guy here, he owns awesome. a Mustang. He's a huge Mustang fan. And he was like, are you going to ask him why they called the Mach-E the Mustang? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I, I, was, I, was the, I was the last holdout because, you know, I have too many Mustangs. Um, and to me, the Mustang was the high watermark of fun in, a, in, in, in the auto industry. You know, and if you weren't having fun, you know, working through the gears of a V8 Mustang, then you shouldn't drive. You should just go, you know, do something completely different. So I've always loved Mustangs from the early days. Some were better than others. Some I didn't really love, but, but, but I always loved Mustangs. And to me, convertibles too, because I just love the, that. But anyway... So when the team came and said they wanted to do, um, you know, this this thing that looked like an SUV and it was electric and call it Mustang, I said, no, over my dead body, there's no chance. And so they kept coming back and I kept saying, no, it's it's a nice vehicle. No, it's not a Mustang. 
Then, um, I think it was Farley and Howe said to me, would you at least drive the prototype? I said, sure, I'd love to drive the prototype. Are you kidding? Of course. And I kept it for about four or five days, and I came back and I said, all right, you can call it Mustang. <laughs> because I'd never had so much fun before. Right. And it's interesting, when we brought in the Mustang owners clubs, they had the same reaction I did. Their, their body language at first was like this. I mean, it's like, are you kidding? This thing is not a Mustang. We got them in it to drive it. And they completely changed. I mean, first of all, it's fast as hell. Um, it's really responsive uh, to drive. You can tr play with the different drive modes while you're driving it. So you can go from whisper mode to engage mode to unbridled. Um, and you know, then you can do one pedal uh, braking, which is very different than anything we've ever done before. Um, or if you don't like that, if you like the traditional feel, you just take that off. But um, I, once I actually played with it and burned a lot of rubber and uh, you know st started throwing the thing around uh, curves I thought you know actually this thing is faster than m most of my Mustangs and this was the pro this was not a GT prototype this was just the yeah. the regular prototype I have serial number one of the GT mm -hmm. uh, because I thought okay that's that will be a real Mustang yeah but no so so I was the the last convert and I I, I did it enthusiastically when I converted because um, I, I couldn't believe how much fun the car was. Um, now, I mean, was it the right decision? Yeah, I do think it, I do think it is. Um, and we're getting a lot less pushback on that once people actually drove Driving. the vehicle. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what happened with me too. Once you I had drove. the same reaction? Yeah, once yeah. I drove it, it's like, well, it's an awfully good performance car, whether you want to call it a Mustang or not. Yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I, I just, it went against everything that I thought a Mustang should be, but then I had so much fun in it. I thought, okay, fine, it's yeah. called Mustang. And you know, and and the owners' clubs have kind of had the same reaction we've had. Yeah. It's like you know, they went from saying hell no to like wow. Well, and I just my, I decided at some point, Bill, I said. Let's just evaluate it as a car and stop thinking about the nomenclature for a second. Yeah. And when you do that, it's an incredibly good car. It's an incredibly fun car to drive. And so that's when I, I got less wound up about the name. Yeah. I mean, you, you and I had a very similar journey. Um, having said all that, I'm, I'm excited for the new Mustang. And I'm excited, too. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, see, see you back at the racetrack uh, on that one. Yeah, we'll yeah. do we'll do that one again. We'll, yeah. we'll have some fun on that one again. Thank you, Bill. Th thank you, guys. This is great. This has been great. And don't don't close your mind to the idea of it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 really a fun car. There you have it. That's Bill Ford, the current executive chair at Ford Motor Company, living in, in really probably the most turbulent time frame in the automotive industry we've ever seen, and yet feeling quite confident and comfortable with where Ford Motor Company is right now. That's it for me. That's it for this episode of the Total Car Score podcast. Next time around, we'll probably get more of us in here, get Javier and Lauren back. Uh, you can find me out there on social media, K-A-R-L-B-R-A-U-E-R. -E all my handles are just that, at and that name. We'll catch you all next time at the Total Car Score podcast. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.